Hello, and welcome back to Learning Reimagined. I am Allison, and here with me is Sandy. Hi, Sandy. How are you today? Oh my gosh, doing great, doing great. I just, I can't get over all these Zoom fails and how much it can impact one's life, no, regardless what industry we're in. It's just so much of a change. I mean, Zoom wasn't even in our terminology just a couple years ago. And now we have to be so cautious. Did you hear about the lawyer that turned himself into a, a cat? I am not a cat. Yes, I am not a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag but, I'm not a cat. That that and was that, a that was a funny one. And um, the CEO with his wife walked into the room to bring him coffee and uh, was in her nightgown. <laughs> so bad, so there bad. Some funny our, ones, some funny fails. Even some elementary students that just don't know what's happening in their own background, and it's just so much to, to take notice. But. Right now, we're right now in the hot seat is just this whole unfortunate event that happened at Oakley Union in California, just with the board meeting and how they have all stepped down because of the ramifications of speaking your heart and not, um, it's just, it's so, so damaging. It's so hard. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell a little bit about what that was? I I saw a tidbit of it. um, I think it was on Facebook, somebody posted. Um, they didn't realize the meeting was live. That's exactly what happened. So here they're getting ready as as we all do when we go into our Zoom meetings and um, it was not only being recorded, well actually it was it was open to the public. And so teachers that are frustrated, uh, members of the, the Board of Education, they were all there and speaking their minds about the frustrations that they feel and being extremely mm-hmm. candid and not understanding or realizing that it was open to the public mm. and some parents were on and they were recording it so now that's mm. what we we listen to and it's just it's it's so easy to place judgment but it's just the gravity of what education mm. has come to on our day to day it's it's yeah, it's, it's tough it, it's um, there's so much frustration at every level the parents are frustrated students are frustrated teachers are frustrated Clearly, the Board of Education, Board of Trustees, they're frustrated. Um, so it, it's this this COVID situation, the pandemic has just gotten to the extreme levels of, of our, our listeners and of all of the people here dealing with education um, and just pushed us all to the brink. And so um, I'm actually very excited about our podcast today. We have with us a guest who is a public school teacher. Sandy and I both work in the private sector. So um, dealing the way we have over the past year, we've not been unaffected by COVID, but our program that we run is designed to be online. And so um, we are kind of built for a pandemic in this this regard. We are able to seamlessly transition um, families and whatnot to do online learning. But for the public school sector, it has been quite the challenge and for anybody working in a brick and mortar system. So we have with us today a public school educator. She's been a part of the public school system for 20 plus years. Um, She actually works in special ed um, in the public schools. So I'm very excited and interested to talk to Miss Locke and hear about the struggles that she has faced and any celebrations that she's been able to have throughout all of this pandemic craziness and teaching um, online via Zoom or whatever whatever platform she uses. I'm not quite positive what they use in their district. Um, So I'm quite excited to 
introduce Miss Luck and have her with us. And um, that's coming up. So I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait. I'm so excited to hear her perspective and learn more. Me too. Me too. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Advantages Digital Learning Solutions, where learning is reimagined. Good afternoon, Miss Luck. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Thank you. We are so excited to have you join our podcast. You have, um, you're coming from a different um, lens than Sandy and me. So we're very excited to hear how the past 12 months has been for you and um, just really what's been going on in the public school sector. We're so anxious to learn more. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So Lynn, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Uh, my name is Lynn Locke, and I'm a public school teacher in California. I'm in the Central Valley. Uh, this year, I'm teaching adult ed special education, so it's a life skills-based program. But I have taught every grade except for kindergarten and sixth grade in my 24 years of teaching. 24 years. Wow. Yeah. So in comparison to your first year of teaching and this year of teaching, which was more difficult? Oh, well, this year was difficult in different ways. So my first year of teaching, I was 23 and fresh out of college with great ideas. And I learned a lot about myself and having to really grow a thick skin because <laughs> parents can be brutal. And so uh, I had a lot of parents thinking I was too young. I, they didn't want their child in my class. And I, what could I possibly teach them? And this year, it's been challenging simply because I'm starting with a fresh group of kids that I've never met. And so that for me was the biggest challenge. It was um, really con establishing connections with students and parents that I had not yet met. So when your school year began, it began virtual. Correct. Interesting. Oh, so you never have physically seen them and been in the same room with them. I have, we've done three drive-throughs where the families drove the students through to pick up materials. Um, we did a donut drive-through just to say hello. Oh, and that's so cute. Connect I love because, that. Yeah, it, it's just been hard to find that um, connection for, because we have a new class. So we it's didn't so critical. Ever, Yeah, it is. And so that was really missing. So we've done a couple of drive-throughs. Um, you know, it's hard. Parents have to take some time to drive their kids through and it's hard, but we made it work. That's fantastic. What, other than not, meeting your kids in person and not knowing them. Um, what's been some of the biggest challenges you faced over the past 12 months? Um, I'd say it's just been so full of disappointments. We've been mm. told we're coming back. We've been given a date and we've passed um, MOUs in our union and, and then we don't get to go back. And so for me, it's just been kind of an emotional roller coaster. Mm. We had two days to prepare last March, basically California shut down over the weekend. And so we had two days to prepare for complete distance learning. Um, so I finished the year with students that I had, the students that I knew and I had a relationship with. And so, but this year going back, we were told we were gonna go back. We were told, no, we're not. Um, and then we prepared for special ed to come back in a cohort situation. And then we were told that wasn't gonna happen. So for me, it's just been the roller coaster of, emotions and the demand for constant flexibility. Okay, this is the plan. Okay, never mind. Just kidding. We're going to do something different. So it's just the not knowing. And I know it's not just from a teacher perspective, the students as well. They're told one thing and then they're disappointed when they think they're coming back. So it's just the emotional roller coaster. Yeah. I, I, go ahead, Sandy. I'm sorry. No, no, that's, that's really so true. It just not only for the 
for yourself as a teacher, but you can see it from the lens of a parent and the students. And it's just so hard because you, you, you want, you crave that time in front of your teacher to learn and to build that rapport and that relationship. It sounds like your district has tried to, to accommodate as best as they can. Right. And, you know, the whole world, the states are floundering. Every state is having different things going on. And, you know, it's hard, too, when my own children see on the news that, oh, this district is going back and this district is going sure. back. Sure. We're going back. And so it's just been really uh, difficult. What What is the plan for your district at this point? Do you know? At this point, we have, uh, in California, we have a tiered system. So it's four colors. And we are right now in purple, which is the worst tier. Um, we're supposed to be going to red in March or April. And when we go to red, we do have an MOU in place where we're returning hybrids. So okay. uh, it's not perfect. It's not great even. It's not the hybrid I would have chosen, but it's what the school board designed. And mm -hmm. so um, the kids will be going back two days a week which is better than nothing. But and then I mean, how does that look for you as a teacher? Do you go back just those two days or do your kids alternate and you're there five days? How does that right. work? Well, for special ed, it will look differently. Ideally, we'll go back every day for part of the day. Okay. Uh, we have a reduced date anyway, so I feel like it's really possible. But the, the challenge for me really is figuring out, and everybody in my district, the expectation of teachers here is that you will teach the students sitting in front of you and the students at home at the same time. Oh my. So I'm very worried about that. I'm a mm -hmm. tech person. I understand things, but they have all this new stuff they want us to use. And I'm, I'm really anxious about that. Um, I feel like it's not ideal to be teaching mm -hmm. the kids in front of me while I'm Zooming with the kids at home. Right. So, uh, for me, that's my biggest challenge going forward is I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to be, I want to be present for those kids in front of me. And so I don't want to have to be torn between two groups. So I'm right. trying to figure out that's my biggest challenge going forward. Yeah. It's compromising you and your passion as a teacher. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, is your district, I, I hear that there's splits. There's not necessarily your district, but, um, across the nation that of teachers wanting to go back and teachers not wanting to go back. Um, right. I had a phone call from a good friend of mine who's a teacher actually in, in Northern California who is ready to walk away completely from her district because she's, she does not believe they will be going back even next year. And um, she said, I'm in the minority. I want to go back, but the bulk of my district, the teachers do not, which really surprised me. Um, as a teacher, I would think, you want to be with your kids. That's what feeds you is, you know, being there with them. Um, but she's ready to walk away from 25 year retirement because she's so incredibly frustrated and there's no end in sight for her. Right. I feel like there, there is a end of the tunnel. We're getting closer. Um, I, there is, we're very split here as well. And I, I don't, okay. Um, we started vaccinations last week, um, so half of our, well, not even half of our teachers have an appointment for their first vaccine, and I think that plays a role, but mm -hmm. we do have a large um, population of very veteran teachers that are either sick themselves or taking care of a family member um, or have children with compromised um, asthma and things like that. So the concern, obviously, is that 
kids seem to be bouncing back from this, adults not so much. So if you contract to that school and then you take it home to someone in your family. So I understand both perspectives. I personally am ready to go back. I feel like I can do it safely. I have um, my room ready. I have my desk shields up. I have, I actually bought my own PPE. Um, let me rephrase, my husband bought my own <laughs> because he was not happy with what the school district was providing initially. Um, so I am stocked and ready to go. And okay. I, I would like to go back to work tomorrow. I'm ready for full student contact. Um, I feel like I can keep myself and my students safe. And how are your students and their families, how are they feeling about this? Um, for the most part, every day of my students ask me, are we coming back? Is there another meeting? Is, you know, Because when we have board meetings, we talk about it and say, well, they're going to talk tonight. And so um, I think I have two that won't come back because of medical conditions and I'm totally fine with that. I, you know, I would, um, kind of hoping I can invite the parents in to see what it's going to look like. I Mm -hmm. think maybe they'll, if they see that, wow, I only have three kids at a huge table and they all have a desk shield. And I'm hoping I can kind of convince them that we really will try to be safe. The kids aren't going to be eating on campus and doing big group things. So, Mm -hmm. um, but at this point, I have two students who I know will not be returning. Well, and, and getting that opportunity to connect with the parents so they too are aware, not only from the student perspective, what to expect when they are back in your classroom because they're right. craving that, but that that does help alleviate the parents' stress of mm-hmm. what the unknown could look right. like. Right, you know. absolutely, yeah. As a parent, how do you feel about sending your own children back? Um, I feel like my kids... Um, I have three kids. They're all in high school. And my youngest son was um, very comfortable with distance learning all of last year, March to July. He was all in love wearing his pajamas, love being in his room. And now he's at the point even where he's saying, you know, we really should be back in school. But my other mm-hmm. two, my daughter's a senior and unfortunately has had not any senior experiences this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been very frustrating. She's very checked out. She's ready to just go off to college. Um, she's, she's ready to be done. And I don't blame her. Um, and my middle son is very much an athlete and has really missed um, his friends and his sports. He does play club soccer, but um, they all have been in their own space about it, but they're all, you know, at the space where we need to go back on. We need to be around people and we can't do this forever. And I, I, I agree. Hmm. It's just so much to juggle. How, how has it been as a working teacher with kids at home, trying to manage all of that? I I just, I I can't even imagine how difficult that has been. I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that my kids are all in high school. I feel like if I had young kids, I'm not sure I would be able to do it because they need you. You know, they need parents. If they're learning to read, they really do need someone besides their teacher sitting there. And so I'm really lucky that my kids are in high school, but it is hard because when I have a bad day, I really can't have it in front of them because they need me to be a good example and say, we can get through this. We can do this. You know, if my son just the other day said, I haven't learned anything all year long. And I said, that is not true. Where did you hear that? Because they're just saying what they're sure. And I said, you've learned plenty. And why do you have a B if you haven't learned anything? It seems like, gee, uh, you have some growth. And so <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to be a mom. I actually, the first couple of, the, at the very beginning in March, we had to work from home. We were not allowed on campus. 
Um, and so that was really hard, just managing our space. And then beginning this school year, teachers were allowed on campus. And so I actually went to school most days because that okay. gave me, you know, I really wanted my things. I wanted my teaching things. And then it kind of gave my kids a little more autonomy. So mm -hmm. I have the flexibility to do that, which I appreciate now. What kind of recommendations do you have for parents as they gear up for this going back? Well, as far as going back, I mean, honestly, what I think when I think about what I would want parents to know is I would really want them to know that their kids mimic everything they say and do. And you think they aren't listening, but they are. So when you're trash talking teachers, when you're trash talking distance learning, even when you're talking about your elected officials and the poor decisions they're making, your kids are, that is, that is what they're hearing and that is what they're regurgitating. And so just be positive. I mean, we're not perfect. Teachers are not perfect. We make mistakes. We've learned along the way. There are good teachers. There are bad teachers. Reach out to them first. But I mean, just try to stay positive because no matter what, like my son, he thinks it's so stupid that we're going back two days. And I, I just keep saying, but two days is better than no days. And we have mm -hmm. to go back safely and we have to make sure that it's cleaned. And we have to make sure that all the adults on campus are vaccinated so that if it, if some student does come with COVID, then we can be safe. And so it's just, it really for me is about their attitude and it's just about keeping it as positive as possible. You don't like the hybrid, neither do I, but you know what, we're going to make this work. So how, how do you stay motivated? How do you stay positive? It's, I, I consider myself one of the most optimistic, positive people. And mm -hmm. even I have struggled to maintain my optimism and um, not, uh, you know, it's been a challenge to not fall into that depression. And I have a job where I can come and go as I need and, and I have my own safe space. So I haven't even had to deal with as much as you have. How do you keep that positive energy and, um, and how do you deal with the bad days? How do you, what do you do? Yeah, it is hard because honestly, I, we get, like I said, we get geared up to go back and I get super excited and then I get disappointed and it's hard because I zoom with my students three times a day. We do, we break it down. We have a communication hour, we have a physical fitness hour, and then we have a curriculum hour. Um, and I have a life skills based program. So it's been really hard for me to deliver my curriculum online, you know? Oh, I, certainly. I'm teaching kids workability and we're doing laundry and, you know, so things like that. It's just really hard. So for me, it's keeping it fresh, drawing from them. Like today we did for PE, I use YouTube a lot and we did a basketball fitness because one of the girls wants to be a YMCA basketball coach in my class. Oh, and so I just, I try to draw from their, their things that mm -hmm. keep them excited. And so they loved it. It was all fitness and it was basketball related. So I, um, I have pity parties. I do. I, I get sad. I talk to my friends and I just say, I don't know if I can sustain this because it's so hard. I mean, it's, I, I'm not going to lie. Some days I have pajama bottoms on and they can't tell. I mean, so, <laughs> you know, there's a give and take here, but I, sometimes I just, um, have to smile for the zoom and then I just, you know, have to, um, draw, from other things, but I, I talk to the kids a lot about what did you like? Um, I have lessons that go horribly that I think, oh my, they're gonna love this. And I do all the prep work and I send it in the mail and it just fizzles and that's so hard. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, I guess I, I use my friends a lot, uh, bounce ideas off, be sad with, get excited. Mm -hmm. So 
it's just the things, you know, that keep me going. You've built in your own support system. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you being so candid too, because I think we can all relate to those feelings. And it's just so, it's such a reality, but reaching out to your students, they feel that, mm-hmm. that, that whether the lesson gets through or it doesn't, they, they know that you're there and you're very present, even virtually. And, and they feel that you care. You know, yeah. they, they, that's, uh, that's so important. Um, yeah, my, my daughter, she has a couple teachers. One teacher just says, on the days you're not at school, just text me so I know you're alive. I just need to make sure that we have a connection every day. Yeah. And then she's had another teacher who she didn't talk to for well over a month during all of this. So it's, it's great to hear that um, those teachers, I think, are one-offs. I think teachers like you, people got into teaching because you love children and you love education and you want to make the world a better place. Um, and, and that comes through to your kids. So that's, I'm right. sure they appreciate it. I'm sure the parents appreciate it. Yeah. And that's the other thing to remember, you know, for parents is that no teacher on the planet ever signed up to just teach through a computer. No, we signed up because we love kids and we want to, you know, be with kids. And so for us, it's very hard. I mean, obviously technology has made it a million times better. So we don't have to just send paper packets home, Um, but it's not what we signed up for. So there. Yeah. What have you learned about yourself as a teacher? over the past 12 months? Um, well, I've, I've actually changed jobs in between. So I was teaching in middle school and now I'm teaching in an adult program. And so I've had two different situations. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like last year I knew the kids for three quarters, like I said. So I could just on the fly still teach even mm-hmm. through Zoom. I, I felt really comfortable with the kids and I knew they would get me. And so for me, I this new program that I started this year, I certainly didn't interview for it thinking I would be doing it virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really learned that um, it's important to, I have had to feel silly and be ridiculous on my computer to total strangers because I need to get them to trust me and I need to connect with them. And so I've learned that um, it's okay. Uh, I think they appreciate that about me, that I'm able to connect with them, even though I've not really met them and mm-hmm. then with them. And so for me, it was just like, okay, you know what? These kids are 18, 19, and 20, and I have to act ridiculous. And that, I'm just going to have to be okay with that because I can see it on their face that they appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's made a huge difference. So I've just kind of thrown all caution to the wind and just been a total freak. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. You have to just give yourself grace throughout this. And that's one thing that I have told my own kids. I reiterate to parents to, because we, um, we talk to quite a few parents and educators throughout what we do um, with it, with our solutions company. And, And it is, it's, you have to give yourself grace. You have to give everybody grace. Um, I have a new quote that I just say to everybody, assume everybody's doing the best they can. Right. And mm-hmm. if you approach all of this with that assumption, mm-hmm. I think it's a lot easier to have grace with people. You know, there nobody knows, nobody could have predicted this. Nobody. So. Absolutely. And I think along with that, you know, 
as I said, there are good teachers and there are bad teachers and we're all trying. But if you don't think your kid's teacher is trying, you need to approach them first. It's really important. You know, going to my principal doesn't help me grow as a person. It just, you know, it just puts my effective filter up and then I have a strained relationship with you. So call me, text me, email me. I set up a, you know, a whole phone account for people to be able to get a hold of me. So just let me know, because honestly, you cannot please everybody. You have sure. one parent who will text you and say, why are they online all day? It's terrible for them. And another, the same day, will, another parent will say, gosh, you know, I really wish you would do more face-to-face -face time. So you're not going to be able to please everybody. But if you do have a certain teacher who you just don't think is putting an effort, it is so important to just go straight to the teacher. Yeah. If you don't like the answer you get, of course you go to the administration. But it really is important. We're people too. And, you know. Let us know you're not happy before you go above us. That <laughs> communication yeah. is so critical. Absolutely. Yeah. And keeping that open line for, for parents to be able to connect with you. It's just, it's wonderful. I'm so impressed by you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank, you, Thank you so much, Lynn. This has been, this has been very eye-opening. I really appreciate what you do. Uh, I think teachers have had, the, the classroom teacher has had just a whirlwind of a year, and I really, really hope that things are heading toward normalcy. Yes, we have to hope that we're all going into a better place, and mm -hmm. we're prepared for anything now, right? I mean, we've now lived through a pandemic, so <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> oh, let, let's not go there. Let's not go there. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but, uh, we do. We really appreciate you joining us on our podcast. Um, if anybody out there has any questions for Lynn or for Sandy or for me, you can reach us through our Instagram page, Learning Reimagined the Pod, or you can email us directly at learningreimaginedthepod at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. And Lynn, thank you again. We'll see you thank all you, on Lynn. the next one. Thank you.